Hello and welcome to uh, Space Games, episode 18.2 or something, I don't know. The Batman vs. Superman special. Like, it really doesn't deserve its own title, so we're just going <laughs> to... <Yeah. laughs> Podcast 18, part 2. Uh, today we're going to be doing a quick uh, thoughts and opinions review about Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, that's pretty much it. We all had a chance to watch it this weekend, so I'm just going to get our thoughts while it's still fresh in our mind. Anyways, my name is Jay. My name is Sean. I'm David. And I'm Jared. So yeah, broke a lot of records. A lot of people have been seeing it. And I don't know if you should. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> Dean has not watched it yet. I told him just to uh, pass on this one. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe a matinee, you know, during the day. Get it half off for like a $5 Tuesday or something. Yeah, have a nice little Sunday afternoon nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so... um. I don't know, as we feared, I guess, you know, we talked about the trailer in, can't remember which episode, one of our past ones over the summer, and we had reservations after the trailer came out, basically showing the entire movie. Yeah, so spoilers from now on out. Correct, yeah, we're going to spoil the the crap out of this movie, so. If you haven't seen it, don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) But you should still listen to the podcast. All right, so I, I really didn't want to bash in it. I really tried to go into it. I expected it not to be like an eight-plus movie. I watched it, not opening weekend, but, you know, buzz for it. It was already at like a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, But, I, again, I was trying to be optimistic going into it, but it was just a mess. I don't know. I did not enjoy it. And uh, even being a fan, I think I liked Man of Steel more than most people did. I just could not get into this one. Yeah, I just... Honestly, the movie was boring. There was a few times where I turned to Jay and I was just like, what is going on right now? Like, there was... It was just like... Nonsense. Um, there were so many things that just didn't make sense at all. And really, for me, the best part of the movie was Wonder Woman. And... I don't have like a big issue with Wonder Woman. She's not my favorite, but in a movie that is called Batman vs Superman, the main like awesome component should not be Wonder Woman. Like one of the two should steal the show from the third superhero. I don't know. There's so many bad things about the movie that I could just like rant for the next like 20 minutes and be done, but I'll let somebody else talk. So I need to cor- correct Jared. The best thing about the movie is actually <laughs> Batman. Um, he's no. Jared must not be a Batman fan because Batman. No, I love Batman. Batman in this movie is one of the best uh, film incarnations, um, arguably up there with the uh, Christian Bale one. This one surpasses the Christian Bale one because Zack Snyder actually knows how to film uh, fights, which yeah, Christopher no, no. Nolan Sean is does not know how to film. Right now. I know. I know. Dis- disagree ninety nine percent because no. you know. Okay, <laughs> name name a cool fight in any of the Christopher Nolan Batman. Oh, they were films. all better. Like, what did what did Batman do in this? He shot guns. Even it, like, even in the trailer, 
you see him like Arkham Asyluming everyone on screen, doing like a rock bottom on people, you know, just dropping people. Yeah, that was right. that was one scene. Yeah. Yeah, and it was an awesome scene. No. <laughs> but there's so much I don't know. I disagree. There's so much more to Batman than like so one of the lines Batman has in the movie that just completely killed him for me was and why I said the ninety nine percent thing. He's talking about Superman. He's like, even if we're ninety nine percent sure that he's <laughs> not gonna hurt us, if there's that one percent that's enough for us to distrust him and go through all this crap to Yeah. You know, not, be prepared to kill him. Not even not even be prepared though. To actually go out and do it essentially. Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, we should just, you know, maybe have this in the background. But no, he's like, I'm going to go do it. And there you go. Like, that made no sense. Absolutely no sense. Well, the paranoia part is actually from the comics. He Yeah. He has scenarios where he will kill every single Justice League member. It's called yeah. the Tower of Babel graphic novel, if you want to check yeah. that out. It's also on one of the DC animated ones. So that part, yeah, that part is p- part of his uh, psyche. But yeah, for him to just go up straight up wanting to kill Superman yeah. before investigating further is kind of stupid. His his character, there was nothing to him. He was just, I'm angry, I'm bitter, and there's nothing else. There was no Bruce Wayne. It was Batman all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and to me, Batman always showed like a smarter side to him, whether it was with his gadgets or his thought process going into the battles like this like jay said he was just one-dimensional he was just angry and in a really like funny way like if we went back and like watched this in like four or five years i just like hate watched it i feel like we would just <laughs> laugh at batman the whole time because he's just so over the top about like everything and then don't even get me started about their like batman versus superman's fight between the two of them like it ends with them screaming each other's mother's names. Like, what is this? Like, oh, yeah. God, that was bad. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that was freaking Zack Snyder. No, it was it's Goyer, too. I mean, he's he's a terrible writer. For yeah, well, except for Goyer did, I don't know, he co-wrote the Nolan films. Correct, but Nolan also co-wrote the Nolan films. <laughs> no, no, but but hear me out. The third The third film, which was the worst... Did not yeah. have Goyer scripting it. That was Jonathan Third, Nolan. So, so I don't know what to take from that because Goyer helped uh, write more of the first and second Batman films, and but then the third the, one they kind of let the Nolan brother write it. Yeah, but I mean, what happened with the third one is Heath Ledger died, so they couldn't like yeah. use the Joker again. Well, and all right, let's That's think a cop about out, it. But I, I know what you're saying. Yeah the the third movie of the Dark Knight trilogy is not the best but there's still at least two or three scenes in it that are pretty awesome scenes like the the opening of the yeah. dark knight rises i oh, will yeah. say is better than anything in Batman in, Superman. yeah but christopher nolan's a much better filmmaker than Zack snyder is i mean i've seen exactly one Zack snyder film that i felt is good and that's 300 and that's like a shot for shot remake of the graphic novel like, mm-hmm. Man of Steel is not bad, and Man of Steel is a lot better than Batman versus Superman. But I was immediately hesitant to see Batman versus Superman the minute they were like, oh, Zack Snyder's directing. And it's just like, I mean, the dude can put together a scene, but he's just a crap storyteller. Like, 
Yeah. He, he just doesn't know how to put a film together. And I think that was clear throughout this entire movie. Going back to what Jared said, we kept looking at each other. We went to watch it together. Um, and Dave was on the other side of me. And we would just look at each other really in disbelief. Like, did that did that really just happen? <laughs> like, in utter disbelief, like, are, are you kidding me? And I, I eventually started quoting um, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> lines from Batman Forever. Because <laughs> it's almost like the same reaction you would have to what's going on the screen. So something ridiculous would happen, and I'd be like... Hey, chill let's out, not chill out. <laughs> like, no, don't don't tarnish Batman forever. Schwarzenegger nice was in Batman you. and Robin. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool party. And I'm a true Batman fan, so I have never seen that film. Neither have I. <laughs> oh man. What killed the dinosaurs? So I, I will say this: this this film is flawed. All right, everyone, chill. It's flawed on many levels, um, especially the writing. It brought in the Argo writer, and he apparently didn't do shit because this movie is pretty bad. Let's kick some ice. But yeah, I, th- I think Batman was the best part. Wonder Woman was awesome, and I even liked the the Flash cameo. He seems like I oh. was very. I was very hesitant on the casting of The Flash, but I think that'll turn out well. Yeah, okay. I do want to talk about the cameos, because I think those could have been... The Flash one was probably the best part of the movie, I think. Or one, one of yeah. the... Mm-hmm. Because it did a teaser in a way that could have been amazing if the rest of the film was good. Because then right. you could have been like, wow, I'm really looking forward to what can happen. Now it's like, how are they going to miss all those other things? No, but... <laughs> No, when he showed up, it was unexpected. And because, you know, we know he travels through time using the speed force or whatever, he was able to, you know, hint at something crazy going on. But then yeah. the rest of the cameos. Um, that was t- <laughs> <We're> horrible. <laughs> exactly. Like, let's let's watch Wonder Woman check her email for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And they all have logos already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know. And they're named. So, if you haven't seen the movie, and we, we don't suggest you watch it, she literally sits there. You you see her face, like, clicking on a laptop. Clicking each, like, there's a video clip of each one as, a, as their cameo. And it's, the pacing, it's just, ugh, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Because they weren't they weren't really good, I don't think. Like the Aquaman one did not interest me. The cyborg wasn't interesting. I'm sorry to David and all other black people. <laughs> I I don't like cyborg. He's a <laughs> character. Stop trying to diversify by pushing lame characters into the limelight. I'm never down with gender swapping or or race swapping of p- people in comics. I yeah. think it's cheap and stupid. So, boot Cyborg back to the Teen Titans where he belongs. Well, I mean, I feel like that slot... I mean, Martian Manhunter, I've never felt he was that interesting. Really, it should be uh, Captain Marvel Shazam. Oh, yeah, but but, I mean, they only have six anyway. But I'm saying if they had Lantern in there. Anyways, Mm. I don't want to go full nerd. Um, So, before (laughs) I interrupted you, Sean, um, you had mentioned the cameos and then you were talking about... Yeah, we were talking about cameos. I know, but you were you were going somewhere with that. Anyways, well, you interrupted me, so I don't. <laughs> yeah, obviously. 
Because I, I did want to point out a, a good moment. Yeah, I mean, along with the cameos, that they did have the the nightmare scene of a possible future with Dark Side, and then you see a bunch of parademons coming in, and then I guess evil Superman with a Superman army, which was the plot of Injustice: Gods Among Us, the DC video game. But I don't know. I didn't even recognize the parademons at first because they looked like giant bugs. They kind of looked like the flying monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of, honestly, when they, they came in. I was like, oh, what's going on? Like, we, we went to Oz? I think they were borrowing heavily from the um, New 52 version of the parademon. But it, I have no confidence that they would be able to do Dark Side any justice. So, like... But what? who else could they use for a bad guy? Like, I was trying to think about that after the movie. So you have, what, Darkseid, Brainiac, uh, Vandal Savage. Like, there's not that many big, like, villains in the DC Universe. There's only one person. Superboy Prime. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because they're not going to do lanterns, obviously. I mean... It's probably going to be like what Aquaman goes through. I don't think they're going to have him really carry his own movie. Because I feel like Aquaman, at least introducing him, they always do the, you know, we're Atlanteans and we hate. Black Manta is a pretty cool character. Yeah, he is. That's a cool black character. (laughs) Gosh, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bad guy, though. He can't be... No, he's awesome, man. <laughs> the he Justice League. He's awesome, he man. I do, his, I do like Black Man. His so son in Young Justice is awesome. Uh, yes. Well, you're right, Jared. I think... But at the same time, like, what what Marvel has done is given each character their own movie to, and developed their own selves, you know? I think they really right. wanted to shoehorn Batman into this. And it, it just, I don't know, it was a big mess, you know, like Doomsday. I mean, we bashed it when we saw it in the trailer and it did not get any better. No, it was terrible. Yeah. It was that, that trailer gave away the whole movie. Yeah. And the fight with him was really lame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Superman didn't think to maybe like throw the spear, you know, <laughs> like I'm sure he could throw it, you know, as fast as like a lightning bolt. But no, he has to fly it into him. Well, um, if he doesn't do that, how does he like, get stabbed? Quick cutscenes, you couldn't really tell what was going on. The lightning coming out of Doomsday was like making me go into like a seizure or something. I don't know. Like it was so hard to like figure out where to like focus my eyes. It was just like flashing. Nah, you were feeling the the dubstep, man. (laughs) I didn't even notice the dubstep because I was so like out of my element with the damn lightning. One thing I did think was kind of cool, but a little kind of like I was a little confused by as well was all the like cameo, the Michigan cameos in it. Mm-hmm. So with uh, Lex Luthor's house being shot at the Eli Broad Art Museum in East Lansing, a Michigan State's campus. During that scene, I was actually paying like real close attention, and if you look real carefully, you can actually see the two like traffic lights through like the pine trees in the background. Mm-hmm. They they kind of just show up as like two little red dots, but I'm like, why didn't they edit that out? Like instead, just have it like full black. Um, Cause only you care. Yeah. But, well, I don't know. It was just Nobody kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, I was like looking for it because I knew where the camera was pointing. I'm like, oh, there's there's a traffic light there, and then I saw the two lights, and I'm like, man, Lex Luthor 
lives awfully close to a busy intersection. <laughs> so, but Lex Luthor, we can... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, originally I had the film rated higher, but I read an interview where when uh, Jesse Eisenberg was auditioning, he was originally supposed to play Jimmy Olsen, <laughs> who was not in Man of Steel and appeared in this movie for like two seconds. He was a CIA... CIA yeah. photographer that yeah. gets capped in the face. Shot in the face, yeah. Um, and then so Zack Snyder basically thought, yeah, his looks is different, and then put him as Lux Luthor. And then basically in the interview he said, yeah, nothing is sacred, and he just killed Jimmy Olsen for for the fun of it. So fuck him for that, and fuck <laughs> CBS for not doing Jimmy Olsen correct. Because CBS race-swapped Jimmy Olsen and made his personality totally different than what Jimmy Olsen should be. Rant. I don't know. Like, Lex Luthor, <laughs> he had some of the last lines in the movie when he was, like, doing the bell ringing and stuff. I was like, how could he do that and not think to himself, like, this is a horrible movie. How did nobody it. stop him? It was so nobody cringy. Like, I'm in the theater, like, oh, man. Oh, stop. God, stop. Yeah. <laughs> They had to do it line by line, like easy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, we're gonna say this line, then we're gonna cut, and then you're gonna say oh, the next line, God. and then we're gonna cut. Yeah, I mean, as you can tell, every time we try to talk about something, trying to start from any place is like it was all just so bad that you're just like, I, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. It, yeah. it almost seems like they knew where to start. They started with one premise: Batman has to fight Superman. And that's as far as anybody got. And then they tried to build a movie around it because that's, I don't know. That's really all they had going for them. And the rest of it is just like, what the hell is this movie? What is happening? And the Batman vs Superman fight doesn't even make sense. You know, and that's the worst part, you know, like when I think it was, I don't know if Jared said it, like, it's just, it's boring. It's meh, you know, and that's probably the worst thing it could have possibly been. It's not even entertaining to go back and watch the fight scenes because, like, eh, I could go do something else, you know. So there's really no villain in this movie because yeah. Lex is supposed to be, but he doesn't do anything. You don't see him like he he kidnaps Superman's mom, really, like <laughs> Martha. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so, yeah, the, the motivation for them to fight is pretty stupid. Um, Zack Snyder has, like, I guess most Batman fans has a hard-on for the Dark Knight Returns, which is... Arguably the uh, best graphic novel ever. Uh, I hold it as my number one ever. But in that book, like Clark and Bruce have known each other for decades. They've grown uh, older together and just drifted in their ideologies to the point where eventually they have to face off against each other. And you don't have that here with the setup at all because they're just meeting for the first time. And... I guess the best thing they could come up with was the mother thing. 
And then, like, even everything down to the, like, the suit that Batman wears when he fights Superman in the movie is bit off from the Frank Miller look. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's, it's sad that, you know, such a great story was, I don't know, just withered down to Zack Snyder's little wet dream. Yeah, but, but what worked with that original story is because they had that history. They had that ideology that was established. And even if you go into it knowing who Superman's supposed to be and Batman's supposed to be, in this movie universe, you have no um, context for that. Superman is not like anything. <laughs> That he was like even in Men of Steel, he's yeah, he's he's not the last Boy Scout anymore. Yeah, and, and I was saying in Man of Steel, I was okay with that because if you're going to be an origin and redefine the character, that's fine. Yeah. But in this next movie, you're trying to set him up as a person who people treat him a certain way, but we haven't seen him do anything to deserve that, exactly. to deserve his reputation, whether it be good or bad. Like the space shuttle blew up or whatever. Okay, cool. But that's not like special. You know, there's no weight behind that. There's no weight behind anything. Um, yeah. I actually didn't think that they were going to actually kill Superman off at the end just because they had so much going on already. Um, yeah. But there was definitely there no was... weight to that. <laughs> they had like six false endings to that movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously. Well, all right, and what was it with like stealing Michigan's like state motto for Superman's uh, like tomb inscription? The if you seek a monument, look around you. I'm like, man, like really, like you just straight up took Michigan's state motto and just replaced a word. So I don't know. I thought that was weird. I don't know if Snyder just like loved filming in Michigan, so he's like, I gotta add all these like Michigan references to it. It might be Jeff Johns too, because. You see oh, that too, stuff yeah. a lot in, in DC Comics. That would make more sense. He's a well, he's an executive producer, but obviously other things as well. But, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I didn't realize he what role he had in the movie. He's like some kind of consultant on, I guess, yeah. a lot of the DC movies. He should have consulted a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He also does. He like consults on the shows as well. Writes some of the TV shows. But yeah, I've. I don't know, even even in comics form, I've never liked Doomsday. He was just a gimmick to sell issues of Superman, which, you know, broke records when, when they killed him off in the comics. And, yeah, the death of Superman, I thought, I don't know, it was just stupid. I liked the reign of Superman better, mm-hmm. the aftermath, but... I, I was okay with Doomsday in just a very basic sense. He has no backs when he first shows up. He has no backstory. He punches his way out of the ground and then basically goes on and just stomps everybody's ass. And then he beats Superman to death and they both die. I mean, is that the greatest way for Superman to go out? Probably not. Like Batman got a whole like Bane made him tired and released all the villains and then broke his back, you know. But I mean, that's that's a long, long play. This dude shows up and beats Superman to death. And to me, that was perfect i don't know it made perfect sense to me he's all powerful shows up kills a dude superman gets a superman all over the place and it's fun for him but then they give him a backstory and a whole bunch of other stuff and it's just like eh. you know it diminished the character he could just show up and be evil an evil force of nature against a good force of nature that was simple enough i don't know but in in the movie 
I don't even, I don't even want to say. I don't, I don't even know what to say about Doomsday in that. He's just, he's nothing really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he's the cave troll from Lord of the Rings with the origin of, like, Super Bowl. Oh, my God. He looked exactly like the cave troll. That was the first thing I thought. It was, like, the same CGI. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why not make him more doomsday-ish? You're supposed to be doomsday. Give him more of those, like, bony, crusty things. That's what makes him look like doomsday. He had, like, a bony neck beard. Like, (laughs) give that to him. So. So. uh, So now it bears the question, what's going to be worse? Batman vs Superman, the latest Fantastic Four movie, or the new Warcraft movie coming out? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> as flawed as Batman vs Superman is, it's it's going to be better than Fantastic Four. Like I haven't seen Fantastic Four, and I, I'll bet you I'll bet you money on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I also I would hold this movie over like like true D-list superhero movies like I'm talking Catwoman, Batman and Robin. Electra. All right, yeah. yeah. It's better than Electra and Catwoman. Yeah, but that's like not very hard. Blade Trinity. No. It's it's on par with Blade Trinity yes. and Batman Forever, man. This like. is better than like most of the Resident Evils. Oh yeah, but the Resident Evils are just like they're fun trash they're at least entertaining. They're terrible movies. I will give you that. But, but they are like, entertaining. They're entertaining, yeah. <laughs> and the fight scenes are way better. Sometimes, but the thing is, you're putting you're putting this super budget movie in with those D leaguers. I mean, right? There's a there's an inherent problem with that, and just give us more Young Justice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fantastic Four had a big budget. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but uh, it was a flop. This is not as bad as that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna watch it now and. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think it makes makes me want to enjoy it more. I don't know. Yeah, with this movie, it, it's not a it's not a great movie. It never will be. But uh, I think it's because of the. It's Star Wars prequels bad. Man. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Probably it's yeah. it's because of the iconic characters that puts a certain stink on it. it I guess the botching of. Yeah, how do you not know what to do with with these these characters? I mean, granted, I don't think I don't think DC really knows how to use the Justice League together. I don't think the heads of Warner Brothers know what they're doing. They're they're as bad as Sony. They just straight up don't know what they're doing. Like some of them will get lucky sometimes and land a Harry Potter for the studio, but especially with the DC comics, they don't know what they're doing. They got lucky with Nolan. Yeah. Like they right. they were lucky with the original Super Superman uh, with Christopher Reeves, but the sequels, half of them suck. Good, Jer. Well, Sean brought up Harry Potter. It's not like they had to develop a storyline. Like, you know, it, the story was already there. They just had to like put a movie over top of it. Guess what, Batman? Yeah. Batman has fought Superman like endless times in the comics. Yeah, but I mean, you mentioned Dark Knight Returns, and I said as soon as Zack Snyder was making it, and that he was using that comic as a reference point that it was not going to work. Cause again, what, what made that comic work was because you have years yeah. and years of Batman and Superman doing what they do to get to that point when they're old. It's not dark Knight returns. This is our first appearance of Batman. Second appearance of Superman. Like we were talking about the opening credits were all, um, origin of Batman. Yeah. I'm sorry, but y- you don't need that. 
Yeah. At all. Who doesn't know that Batman? And yeah. they only did that to bring it back later because both of the Really? The the reason you're gonna stop <laughs> killing each other is because your mom's names are the same. I don't I think you uh touched on a good point though, is like I think Marvel films have done a good job of creating and this is no offense because I like their movies. They make really good shallow action movies for their characters. And I've always felt DC has chose a more cerebral approach to their characters. So to choose somebody like Zack Snyder, who is not very good at that, kind of misses the point of the characters that they're trying to talk about. Like even the, so the reboots of Batman, like we just said, like the, the fighting in it isn't great, but it's an exploration of who Batman is in these, you know, different circumstances and how a symbol is created. That's what they're about. They're not about Batman goes out and punches people. Like, they're about competing philosophies and ideologies and stuff like that. And Batman versus Superman, I think it maybe has the sheen of, like, there's philosophy here. But really, it just seemed like, let's get to this fight. Let's get to this next fight. Let's get to another fight. And we'll just fill in everything in between. And it's like, those aren't what these characters are about. Especially a character like Superman who is, like, a god, essentially. So most of the stuff you write about him has to be about how he uses power or stuff like that. So maybe choosing a different director or a screenwriter that's more about the internal workings of them. I know it doesn't sound necessarily interesting when I say it like that, but that is what those characters are about, is exploring their mind space, not them fighting each other. Or when you do explore it, it comes after years of them having known each other and how this dynamic works when they actually do fight each other. Yeah, or if you want to make an action movie, make an action movie. It just feels like a too many cooks in the kitchen, you know? Yeah. Um, with each person well, probably contributing no, I their think ideas. It's just, I think it's just Zack Snyder in the kitchen and he's <laughs> a cook. cook. <laughs> yeah. It's just one <laughs> cook. Or that, too. But you know what I mean? There's just so much stuffed in, like... Yeah. So yeah, there's a three-hour cut of oh, the God. film. So there's a rated R cut that's has half an hour more of footage. So a half an hour um, more just that will come out on video. Boring shit. That's probably um, the play that Batman and his parents went to at the beginning. Yeah. Just twenty minutes of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> or another five minutes of Lois Lane in the bathtub. Yeah, just slower motion. This thing, like it's just. <laughs> More water just like <laughs> splashing over top of the uh, bathtub yeah. bowl. <laughs> Lex Luthor just keeps saying ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so, yeah, they're about to start filming Justice League this week with Zack Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm hella Ugh. worried about uh, the DC cinematic universe i've been saying that since like we started this podcast (laughs) yeah suicide squad i like the director and writer but i don't know the commercials look i don't know a little too campy yeah i feel like i mean the issue and what we're afraid of for suicide squad and and what we noticed in batman vs superman is that the people making these movies either don't get the characters or they're not tapping into what makes us like them you know, yep. Superman is more than just he's super strong. And Batman's more than mm. I'm angry. 
But if that's what they choose to like tap into, then they're missing the point. And Suicide Squad too. Harley Quinn, I don't. She's popular not just because she's crazy, but she has that Joker quality where it's like yeah. you're menacing while being crazy, and that's what makes you frightening. Oh, sorry, Sean. I I think you liked it more than us. Um, yeah, I did. Like, it's it's a worse yeah. film than say like Age of Ultron or Ant Man, but I want to say I'm I was more entertained by some parts of them of Batman versus Superman versus some of the more boring Marvel movies. I'm not saying it's a better film. I'm just saying. There's certain certain scenes that are cool enough that give you some glimpse of hope of a possibly decent uh, DC universe in the future. But uh, I know I know it's a bad film. I know that, but it's just I don't know. You enjoy the good parts, yeah. It's just fine. I mean, that's why people love Star Wars. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I do have to say though, watching this made me realize how much better Star Wars was. Like, oh, you yeah. know, like it made me appreciate <laughs> how much better the the Star Wars movie was. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some things that were actually good. Not about the movie, just in general. So two weeks ago, um, I finally got to play one of my Kickstarter games that I've been wanting to play for a long time. So me, my brother-in-law, and my dad over Easter got to play uh, Burgle Brothers, which is a game in which you take the roles of thieves that are trying to infiltrate like an office building of some sorts. So it's uh, like a tile-style game where you shuffle up like tiles and you lay out 16 of them to create a floor and then there's three floors that you have to get through and then the tiles are face down and as you approach the tiles you can like flip them up to kind of see what's beneath them so we got to play two games in basically the purpose of the game is to on each level there's a vault and you have to crack the vault and then get to the next level and you have to exit through the roof of the building so on the first game we we were caught when we got to the third level but the second game, we were able to complete it, and all of us were able to escape, and we ended up beating it. It's actually a really fun game. I was, It was more fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought it would just be you know, like a standard game, you know, play it a couple times, and then kind of sit on the shelf. But it has a solo variant to it, and like I've been wanting to play it like as a solo run since I got to play it as with three of us. Uh, because I think it's just going to be a game that just continues this kind of pop up every game can be different with the layout and the way you set up the the tiles as well as with the guards and such so hopefully we'll the the group of us will be able to play it um but i think i might try to film just a solo run of myself doing it to get up on the youtube channel since we haven't posted anything in a while on there yeah because dave has the camera <laughs> so oh, dave's got I... the camera yeah yeah i'll keep my comments to myself <laughs> no it sounds cool i think it was um Right after it came out, I got on the hotness um, board game geek. So I think it was it made a little splash, which is nice to see from um, smaller, more indie Kickstarter publishers. Yeah, the artwork's cool. I, I like the meeples. Each meeple's shaped a little differently for depending on what character you are. So there's like um, the rook, who's like this guy in a suit carrying a briefcase, and he's like a real skinny one with a little like block shaped 
like bulge on the side of him for his briefcase. There's a big guy called the uh, a rigger, and he's like kind of just big and like chubby uh, with a little like tiny head on the top. So each meeple is a different shape, and I thought they, you know, that's a real nice touch. And then they had stickers, so you can stick on each meeple to kind of denote who they are. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, playing it solo. So what what do you think the co-op or aspect added, or having other players? So basically, everyone takes their turn, and at the end of your turn, the guard gets to move. So the less players you have like on each level, the guard only gets to move if you are on the level with that guard. So like, let's say you all start out in the first level. Let's say someone gets up to the second level. Then the guard on the first level will only move two times when like the players that are on that level move. And then the guard on the second level will only move once. Okay. So when we did win, um, my brother-in-law, he went up to like the third level, right? right away by luck he found the stairs and just kind of made his way up there so me and my dad were able to work our way through the first and second level without having to deal with the guard like moving so many times on us when we were just stationary so when you're solo i think it'll be a lot harder to kind of avoid the traps but you'll be able to avoid the guard a little bit better the loot is kind of like um in the pick the lot game where the loot has a negative effect on it and you have to carry the loot from the vault all the way to the top. So okay. as you pick up more and more loot, the guards are able to like see you easier, or they move faster, or you move slower. So it kind of makes it harder and harder to, to finish. Gotcha. They did in their Kickstarter have like a, it's built like a skyscraper is like with the, how the box looks, and they offered like a reward where it actually came with basically a little like skyscraper that you could play the tiles on to give it a more three D look. Which was cool, but it was it was pretty pricey. It was under like thirty bucks, and I'm like, mm. you know, for a game that I'm not sure is any good, I don't want to like, you know, kick out another thirty dollars just for cosmetic value. But I might try to rig something up myself to kind of give it that look for for future games. So you and Sean were able to play a game, right? Yeah. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. Big game. So Sean and I play, it's an older game called On Guard. It is a fencing game designed by uh, Rainer Kinzia, pretty well-known board game designer. But like I said, it came out, I want to say even in the 90s, but it's a fast-playing fencing game that I feel like it, it captures like the, um, the feel of fencing. Not that I've fenced before, but <laughs> what I imagine <laughs> fencing would be like had I done it. So you basically, you have a deck of 25 cards. You share this deck. So you have numbers one through five, and each one is repeated five times, making 25 cards. So when you play the game, you start with five cards in your hand, and you have this long track, I think, with uh, 23 or 24 spaces. You start at different ends. As you play cards, you'll move that number of spaces. So if I play a four, I'll, I'll move four spaces either forward or backwards. Now, if I happen to play a card, and it is the exact distance between the two players. So for instance, if if Sean's character was three spaces away and I played a three, that would be an attack then. Yeah, so the game's almost like a combination of war and I guess like footsies from Street Fighter. <laughs> um, so you're spacing <laughs> out and then 
guessing what your opponent will lay down for a card. Yeah. But with the movement and the spacing out of it, made it more representative of fencing, I think. Yeah, so like I was saying, you, you play a three and you'll attack. Well, to defend against that, to parry it, for instance, you would have to play a three of your own. And in that sense, if you double up on your cards, if I play two threes, then your opponent would have to play two threes in order to counter it. So there's a bit of that card counting. So if you start with like three threes in your hand, you might feel confident in making that attack that they couldn't parry it. Actually, they, they wouldn't be able to because there's only five total. Mm. So something else you can do, if you cannot parry, you can play any other card down to retreat, in which case you don't get to play any cards on your turn. So yes, you don't get hurt or you don't lose that match, but you don't get to retaliate as well. And then finally, you can also like lunge. Let's say I'm six spaces away. I can put a two down to move two spaces and then play a four to attack. Now with those, I think it's much easier to retreat without penalty. But anyways, it's very fast paced because you're, you're essentially just counting squares between your characters and then deciding how you want to move. So one thing that I noticed in playing with Sean, we played a couple rounds. Basically, as soon as someone gets um, touched with the foil or whatever hit, they get a point. You play up to five points. So something that I noticed that I think translates well from fencing is that whoever is basically pressing the advantage or pressing the attack has the advantage. Because if you're going to retreat or do something else, you lose your turn so you don't get to retaliate immediately. And usually by that point, you're within range of the opponent's next attack, whether they lunge or not. So you're constantly backing up. And let's say the deck runs out, no one's attacked enough, but one player has advanced far enough, then the person who has retreated the most basically loses. So I like how fast it plays, but there's still that strategy as well. Yeah, and it's like basically anyone who has played any anything from like Jin Rami to poker or anything with a slight bit of card counting and odds will be able to pick up this game pretty quick and and enjoy it, I guess. And it has that spatial element, which goes beyond just a normal card game. Yeah, really fun. I don't know if, like I said, it's an older game. Some places might be able to pick it up still, but I think it's worth playing. And it's very portable and handy. You don't need a lot of space for it. Then should we talk Legend of the Cypher? Yeah. Yeah. Legend of the Cypher, the game of hip-hop. Legend of the Cypher, LOC, is a race to the top in professional hip-hop. In order to succeed, you'll make moves, collaborate with allies, put on shows, employ crew, experiment with venture strategies, and get shine. As your hype and cash grow, your career will evolve with your opportunities, and you'll learn to count your bars as you kick your rhymes in a cycle of ciphers and battles that lead to the acquisition of skills, wisdom, and respect. The objective of LOC is to be the first player to become a legend of the cipher by reaching level 5. All right, you should start the segment off at the rhyme, dear. Oh. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think I'm microphone. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we played the Legend of the Cipher in Dave's basement a few weeks ago when <laughs> Sean was in town. So Dean bounced out before we started because I think mm-hmm. he was a little scared or scurred, as I should say. Okay. Um, and we might, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
we we may have not played it correctly. I don't know. We were kind of just like figuring it out as we went, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, let me give you a quick breakdown. Yeah, it's go ahead. it's essentially like a deck building game. So you play as a is a rising young MC from your respective region, either West Coast, East Coast, Dirty South, or Midwest. So you have like moves that you're making or venture opportunities to earn you money. You recruit different MCs, stuff like that. So it's deck building, but I don't know. (laughs) At the end of every turn, basically, there's an opportunity to go to the show. So you're building up this deck in order for you to be able to enter these shows. So what you're bidding for, like in deck building games, you're kind of, you're trying to combo out in order to earn points in some way. In this game, you earn points by going to the shows and doing a certain number of bars. So to enter a show, you need to have a certain number of bars, which your cards give you. And that's where the magic happens, if you will. (laughs) My verses are sick, like a case of the flu. Keep coming at me, you'll get those loose poos. So in this game, uh, when you go to the show, let's say you have to do like four bars or something. You actually have to rap four bars. Which is basically four lines of street knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but, man, we're making it sound terrible. <laughs> Some, someone else come and say us. I don't know. I mean, that's that's pretty straightforward. If if you played like, uh, is it like Rap Superstar? Is that the Def Jam Rap game? Star? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's basically a game about rapping that you get to you get to freestyle in. Like yeah. they'll they'll give you starter bars, as it were. Yeah. So every card has like a two line rhyme on it. Yeah. And then from there, like the cipher battle or whatever. There's there's small battles that can just be like you know two bars, four bars. I think the real fun of it. I mean, it's probably a game where you can't take yourself too seriously. But the real fun of it is when you start bidding on. You know, seven, eight bars where you probably thought up the first four bars in your head, and then, then you try to you try to rhyme basement with something, and it just kind of goes off the rails after that. But base plant, basement, and base plant. <laughs> We're all sitting down here in Dave's basement. Listen to those rhymes; it makes you want a face plant. But I don't even know how much deck building I really did in it. Honestly, you know, yeah. I maybe purchased. Well, two people some crew um, i think we probably messed some rules up so this game it's not actually published yet right now i think they have an indiegogo or a gofundme or something it was a kickstarter a couple years ago and then they published it on the game crafter which is not available anymore i was able to track down a print and play which basically had all the basics in there but i really wanted to try it out because the concept just seemed intriguing to me none of us are lyricists or mcs so but it was really fun i think just trying to come up with that you know we weren't being too harsh on each other yeah it's just hard to do it on the fly like i guess most of us have laughed at someone's weak rhymes uh like one of the some amateur that you've seen on youtube or something like that but trying to actually do it yourself on the fly is it's hard as hell but it's funny as hell too like stephen king i'm a horror master if you want to find out what your wife's like in bed, I'll ask her. 
Uh, Jay, I actually, I made the kids at youth group on Tuesday drop bars. Like, and yeah. that, that was like our ending game. Yeah. Some of them did all right. But yeah, it was, it was really fun. And I think, I don't know, we were better than I thought we were going to be. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it at all. You know, I was able to string out four to six bars, like towards the end. Like at first, I feel like we were all a little stiff. We kind of just played off the cards. But then as we got going, we all just kind of started, you know, using what was around us, you know, each other's T-shirts. Dave talked about his four-door in his garage. <laughs> Up there in the garage, I got my four-door. It's a good thing I'm married now. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be picking up <laughs> like Sean, your rhythm was terrible, but I think your rhymes were some of like the best that I've like all of ours. My verses so all other rappers with dread call me the librarian because I got your moves all red. You just like kind of took more of your time like thinking them out as you went, but some of your rhymes like if they had like the rhythm behind it would have been like clear the stage, like drop the mic, it's over. I was just saying, I don't remember half the things yeah. I was saying. <laughs> no. I have all the audio. We'll try to... Um, oh, I'll edit so it oh, man. works to the beat. Oh, what's that? No, it's not. Like... <laughs> Jared be talking about loose poo like he has the runs. We all eat jalapenos, but he puts it on his bum. <laughs> Although Jared did mention rhythm, and I think, Jay, you brought up a good point about... Um, what it might be like with having like a beat in the back or something. Yeah. Cause then it forces you in your mind. I wonder if it's like a phenomenon where your mind will automatically fill in stuff. So when you crash, you'll crash really hard. But if you're going with it, at least, you know, there's some th- more of a, a back to what you're doing. So, yeah. man, for like the next like three days afterwards, <laughs> like I would like see like random things and like make up a rhyme in my head about <laughs> it. Like, I was at work, like, sitting at my desk, and I was like, man, there's so many rhymes I could drop right now. <laughs> hey, yo, gather around. <laughs> and then you will be fine. <laughs> no, I just started. They can't oh, fire me Don't yet. forget, uh, David's wife, after... Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Not Jesus. Oh my God. She kept going after you guys left, too. Oh, I'm sure it's terrible. A- after she rhymed, uh, she just, like, repeated my rhyme back. <laughs> like, just, like, re-put it, the order of it. <sighs> that, oh, was, it was, that was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Dave, yeah. Dave's wife is always asking to get on, so we should uh, get her on the podcast. <laughs> so what you guys don't see a lot of times... I actually edit it out, but you'll hear like a, a bump on the table because when David laughs, <laughs> he drops his arm and he does this face palm thing. <laughs> you guys can't see it. But like, half the time. Oh. He's just... uh, no, but I mean, hopefully by uh, how we're rem- reminiscing about it, you can see like there's something I think that's really interesting about that gameplay of that where really... I think if we were going to do it again, we'd almost not worry about the deck building at all. Yeah. And almost, it'd be more interesting to play it snake oil style where you get like a topic, you know what I mean? That's what you got to start with. And and maybe the next person, when it's your turn, you have to start with that topic, but then you can switch it to another one or something. But it's more about if if you're going to go out, the fun comes from everyone trying to come up with rhymes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
when I played with the kids, I was asking them at the end. I'm like, you know, I think next time we should do it where just somebody starts and then it has to go around the table. And, like, whoever, like, you know, it ends on that can't, like, rhyme off of it, and then they're done. Exactly, I agree. I think it's, like, while stringing together your own, like, super long rhymes fun, I think it's more fun when everybody, like, on the, the shows that we went to that everybody bid on, and that we all had to participate, yeah. and then try to, like, one-up each other, like, w- one ciphers. more bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was where it was the most the most fun. Like, if one person drops, like, eight bars and then you just sit there and you listen to them, you know, we still had a good laugh about it and stuff. But I think the game really builds on itself when everybody gets to participate or as everyone is forced to participate even. Yeah, I hope. I don't know. I reached out before to the creators, at least the people running the social media page. And they're still very active. They post, you know, hip hop, I guess, news or opinion stuff. Or they link it all the time. So maybe I'll reach out again. Just say, I don't know. Because I, I think it's a game that deserves to be explored at least. And deserves some attention. Just because it, it's so unique. Right? And maybe this is because we're coming from the perspective of people who cannot rap at all. <laughs> but, you know, there's a certain charm yeah, to I mean, it. We, we all did pretty good. Despite not, <laughs> yeah. not writing or... The game almost seemed a little anything like this. overcomplicated to me. I think you could take the basic like premise and really simplify it down and make it more of a party game than a straight-up like board game style and have a lot more success with it. Yeah, because I, I mentioned like Snake Oil or I could see it. People who enjoy or don't mind, like it's definitely something you could do, sit around while you're drinking and just be like, mm-hmm. you know, which... Or- you like know, Dave's like his wife did. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's going to have a good time just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I can see us this summer, you know, sitting around the fire, you know, just kind of dropping some rhymes while, while having some beers or something. Like, yeah, and half of them will end with fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to rhyme with fire. My heart's desire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No. Now we're down to three listeners. <laughs> Man, with fire, all you gotta think of is like old like Backstreet Boys songs. Oh god. They got all the rhymes for you already done. Yeah, we wouldn't know about that year. So. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. You guys were too old. I was in like middle school. That was all I listened to. <laughs> so yeah, check it out. Their Facebook page is really active, like I said. Legend of the Cipher. Yeah, check them. I don't know if that GoFundMe is ever going to move at all. Maybe I'll, I'll throw in some money. But hopefully they figure out something, get it into other people's hands, or like you were saying, market it a little differently and find that audience. Because, I mean, it could be a blast, you know. I could see, like, the Cards Against Humanity crew, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just takes one person and then just a couple rounds in and, and people will be having a great time, so... Basically, we just need to publish like a drinking game rule set to it, and then <laughs> yeah, it'll take off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Flow so sick, I only gotta drop one. Oh, I did want to uh, mention real quick. So I I didn't know this, or it didn't I didn't recall it until after I had watched the movie. But so George Miller was set to direct Justice League movie. Right before the writer's strike a couple of years ago. And basically when that happened, it all fizzled out. But I think it would have been interesting, at least. 
given how he handled Mad Max and everything. Yeah, it would have been amazing. But when we mentioned, or Dave, when you mentioned the Marvel movies having this like more mindless action movie, I mean, you can get that there. But there wouldn't have been enough story for Jared, so he would have been like, what? Why is Wonder Woman like? Uh, yeah, get who it. is this woman? She's wonderful. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Where did she get a lasso from? <laughs> There's not enough room in that costume for a lasso. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting. All right, so back in episode 12, 11, I mentioned a game called Zephyr, Winds of Change. This is a game on Kickstarter. And it was a game we demoed, and they were planning on starting the Kickstarter. Well, I'm glad to mention that they started the Kickstarter last week. So we'll get it to you before um, the Kickstarter ends. Make sure you check it out, Zephyr Winds of Change. This is from the Portal Dragon. Make sure you check out that podcast episode as well. We have an interview with one of the designers there who demoed it with us. So it's pretty cool. But it was a really interesting, fun uh, steampunk game with some unique elements to it. I'm not going to give you another rundown, but it's on Kickstarter right now. Make sure you back them. We mentioned their game Pick the Lock last week. That shipped to us actually on time, almost ahead of schedule, I think. So we know they will deliver on what they're producing. So check out the game. Oh, and finally, Chaosium, they released a organized play campaign, a time for harvest. So this is a monthly thing. Organized play and other games are basically a way for the company to support and to um, kind of get more players to play. It gives you an incentive because if you're part of the organization or you continue to follow their updates, they'll give you these basically free incentives to do so. So for this, all the keepers, if you sign up for this cult of chaos, you get the you get the PDF, you get the scenarios, you can run it with players, you have access to a forum to discuss it with other people, including the writers that wrote it. So it's really a cool way to I guess, generate excitement continuously. Most of the time when you publish an RPG, it's kind of like it's out, it's done, and people play it. But with this, you have, I guess, fresh new content that's continuously coming out. So I'm not sure how many months it is, but um, it's something I want to, probably not with this group, but get together some other folks, you know, and and run through that so you guys can get to hear what that's all about and how we're running that as well. So make sure you check it out. Uh, if you are a keeper, download it or sign up so you can download it because, again, it's free and it's just a way to – you can even probably include some of the stuff in your own scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, so my coworkers wanted to go to P.F. Chang's tonight, and I was the only Asian in there. It was horrible. <laughs> the food was. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's probably one listener out there like, that's my favorite place to go. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, cool. So yeah, sorry for so much hate, but man, Batman vs. Man. I'll probably watch it again. Not not in theaters or anything, but at some point someone Just will be w- like wait for the three hour cut. <laughs> no. No. Absolutely. 
Dude, I won't even watch The Hobbit because it's so long. There's no way I'm going to watch a bad movie I already watched <laughs> for that length of time. Yeah, I just wait for Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. And uh, isn't there something else coming out soon? I feel like there is. I just can't think of what it is. The Warcraft movie. <laughs> Shut up. Nobody wants to talk about Warcraft, Jared, all right? We all know what's good. I just want Warcraft 4 to come out. I'm like looking forward to kids' movies and stuff. It's because my kids. <laughs> well, because it's like, it's like an excuse for me to go to the movies with them, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I don't mind doing it. Like, At I the end of Batman vs Superman, I almost said to Donovan, "Now it's time to watch Peanuts." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I figured you'd have gotten a whole day of Charlie Brown. We watch Charlie Brown now. <laughs> you watched it tonight, actually. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like that movie when I first watched it, but it's grown on me. I think it's such a weird franchise. Sorry, we don't need to go on this like <laughs> diatribe. But uh... yeah, I gotta go to bed. Yeah. All right. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Continue to give us a feedback. Yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Get a hold of us on Twitter and Facebook at Outer Space Games or Google Plus. We continue to build uh, loyal fans there as well. <laughs> yeah, so we lost one tonight. We need to get new ones. So um, yeah, check out our YouTube channel if you want to watch like three month old videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a new one up shortly, even if I have to have my wife recorded on her phone. But anyways, my name is Jay. My name is Sean. I'm David. And I'm Jared. It's out of space games. We'll catch you next time. Don't eat PF Changs. <laughs> <laughs>